We are Vlad and Julie from Chasing Embers. And you're listening to The Mind of Little Rage. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into today's program, I just want to thank the Shite Hawks for allowing me to use Compass as Season 7's official intro music. Also, there will be some big changes coming in the future days and weeks as it pertains to the show. Nothing in the way of format, but there's going to be some uh, some surprises coming in the near future. So, thank you to the Shite Hawks for allowing me to use Compass. Let's get into the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Mind of Little Rage. It is Sunday. I just got off work. Yeah, I'm pretty freaking tired right now, but that's okay because we got a band on the program today that when I when I connected with them on Skype, the first word I said was damn. That's all there was. That's the only way to, to really get this thing going. But on today's show, we have Stormstress. And we had there, there's a there's an interesting dynamic that goes along with this one. And I'm sure we'll get into it at some point during this wonderful conversation. But we have Tanya Venom, Tia Mayhem, and Maddie May Scott with us today. Hi. And, whoo, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this since we set it up. And I'll shut up for a minute and let these ladies talk. So how are we doing today? What's doing up? Good. We're doing good. <laughs> So, uh, I was kind of doing a little bit of research, and I try not to come in completely off guard, but I still like a little bit of element of surprise. And um, the first question is, what 
was the genesis of Stormstress. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the three of us were actually in a band before Stormstress was born. We made up the rhythm section. I sing and play guitar in Stormstress. She sings and plays bass. She sings and plays drums. And uh, so the three of us were just the rhythm section of another rock band, guitar, bass, and drums. And we loved playing together so much. And the band broke up. And later that summer, we were just aching to play together again so badly that we hit each other up. And we're like, hey, what if we just started a band, just the three of us, and just did it? And we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, and, and it's it's funny because... You know, some of the most wonderful things that happen in life, whether it be in music or just life in general, just happen almost by happenstance. Some, you know, certain elements come together and it's just an amazing thing. And uh, it's 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 refreshing when you hear something like that, that it just it just made it made sense. Let's 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 run with it. Yeah, like it feels really good and you know it's going to be good because of the chemistry how well it came together and how quickly it's awesome yeah like we couldn't not perform together it was just not an option and we're like we have to continue playing together let's just do it ourselves <laughs> okay maddie uh you're kind of quiet over there drummer to drummer that's me i'm the quiet one <laughs> <laughs> so uh so drummer to drummer uh okay. who, who are your biggest influences um, I'm gonna have to say Jimmy Sullivan from Avenged Sevenfold. Okay, he's he's up there pretty high. Um, just because he's well, he's a crazy drummer and he's he's such a happy drummer and um, he wrote some incredible, unique drum parts. Um, yeah. So yeah, him. So the rev. Yes. Okay. Okay. And and I can respect that. You know, I'm I'm a, I guess I'm a little more old school. It's you know, it's Neil Neil Peart and uh, yeah. you know, Nick Menza and and uh, I I'm uh, completely mesmerized when I watch Morgan Rose play drums. Uh-huh. Uh, that that's probably my go-to guy is is Morgan Rose, but uh, I I can I can totally I totally get why Rev is is at the top of your list. Yeah. He was good. All right, Tia, bass, who who are the influences? I'm going to go on the Neil Peart vein as I'm wearing a rough shirt today. Yeah, you know, I, but before you get into that, I think it is so cool because that's the one argument I heard as a Rush fan is that chicks do not like Rush. Oh, you can <laughs> prove that wrong today. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm deeply obsessed. Oh, my God. I have all kinds of swag. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so yeah, Getty Lee is my favorite, my top inspiration as a bass player. He just comes up with really melodic bass lines that are complex, but also serve the song and just keep keep the energy going. Love him to death and his bass lines. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with you 100% on anything Rush. Anything Rush. Anything. <laughs> All right, Tanya, where, where's where's the guitar come from? Hello, yes. Um, I am deeply obsessed with Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. He's like, Who is it? Who isn't as a guitar player? He's my original inspiration. And uh, not only like his crazy guitar playing and songwriting, 
but also his innovativeness. I mean, he's out there doing crazy stuff on stage that no one's ever seen before. And that like means a lot to me. And I look up to that aspect a lot. Awesome. Yeah, and, and all three of the, or four actually, all four of the individuals that you mentioned, uh, highly innovative and uh, just have, have really left their mark on music, not just in the hard rock, heavy metal, but you know, there's, you know, there's people that would never listen to a, to, to a Megadeth band style band, but love Rush, you know, and <laughs> it, it's a band that, that, you know, the, these bands have gone past their, their chosen genre and, and really influenced a lot of people out even, you know, there's, what was it? The Kentucky Headhunters from, I think it was the late eighties, early nineties. They were a country band, but they all wore like Led Zeppelin t-shirts and Motorhead t-shirts on stage, you know? And I'm like, what in the fuck am I looking at? But it's cool when when the music does that. Yeah, it kind of all roots back. And like, as a band, we like to push the envelope. And I think so we're all attracted to other players who did that. Because we're like, really go above and beyond. It's like so much more than just an instrument and... Yeah. So when it comes to the songwriting aspect, um, are, are all three of you part of that uh, part of that process? So my sister and I are the main songwriters, but we'll always bring our material to the band, and every member has their input, and it's all super valuable. And everyone like it's not even like Maddie helps with drum parts, but she like she writes all her own drum parts, but then she also does like lyrical suggestions and sectional changes and like like real songwriting stuff like we all put in our thoughts to the song until it's as perfect as we can get it good yeah and because i speaking as a drummer of course i haven't picked up sticks in about eight years but anyway but it was dumb mistakes on my part anyway but uh um yeah, it, it's hard, especially as a drummer, because most of the time you're looked at as, oh, he's the drummer. He's not going to know anything about lyricism or, you know, uh, syncopation or, you know, forming the song or harmony or melody. And I'm like, y'all are full of shit. Yeah. I, I'm full of this stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, it like, really depends on the person. Uh, I, I, every yeah. instrument. <laughs> right on. Uh, so, uh, how long has Stormstress been together as Stormstress? A little over a year. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, but the thing is, is y'all were y'all were already together in the in the former band, so you already knew your the each other's idiosyncrasies and oh, yeah. and things like that. So, um, when did when did uh, when did y'all first come together? Uh, I think it was 2017, like the very beginning. Yeah, we had our, I think I met you guys at the end of 2016, and then we had our first show in January of Yes, yes. So a few right. years of awesome-ness. Yeah, a few years of touring and playing and writing out together. that we have a lot in common, mm-hmm. just in terms of music and just lifestyle and jokes. <laughs> the same <laughs> <laughs> very helpful on the road. <laughs> Music, obviously. Drinking <laughs> schedules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I, I, I kind of have to um, 
address, uh, I guess it's kind of the elephant in the room. Um, and for years, hard rock and metal were kind of, they've called it a boys club, especially in the, in the past. And here probably over the past decade, uh, and even before that, but really here over the last decade or so, it's, it's really kind of been, that term has been turned upside down mm-hmm. because you have so many more females out there that just fucking bring it and they they are just as brutal and as as amazing as any male singer bass player drummer keyboardist what have you um when before all the covid crap shut everything down when y'all were out uh performing live did you run into any kind of uh, from from any of the other bands that are male bands that you were with there's there's always been like a few incidences across our like career path but i would definitely say that it has gotten less and less over the years which is like really nice and really cool and yeah but you know it has happened there are some incidences it's it's like with ignorant people, you know, it's like, it's frustrating. <laughs> and sometimes like, we would come into a venue and some dudes would be like, oh, chick band, oh, you're gonna play some pop? And we're like, um, no. <laughs> and they're like, okay, whatever. And then we'd like play and then come off stage, they'd be like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just wait and let me melt your fucking face it's like, off. You know, it's fine because we're, we're confident in the fact that we will melt their faces, and they they will probably turn around and respect us afterward. But it still, kind of hurts a little, you know. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, because you know, just because of your your gender doesn't mean that you can't play as good, if not better, than anyone else. Right, you right. Put in, you you know, all three of you have put in the time. And you've learned your instrument, you mastered your instrument, and just because you know you're, you're a female or a male or different color of skin doesn't mean that you can't play or perform as well as anybody else. And and I'm really glad to see that that's that's kind of been turned on its head because yeah. holy shit, you know, there's and and even uh, uh, in uh, Japan, I mean, the the women have taken over metal in Japan. Japan. They really have. You've got to get to Japan. And and, and uh, you know you got bands like uh, you know Aldios and and uh, Love Bites and uh, Unlucky Morpheus that are just they're they're killing it and mm-hmm. and I love it and uh, you know I, I played earlier today I showed a picture of uh, Love Bites to one of my coworkers and they're like what do they play like is this like some j-pop shit and i said okay check this out and i played for them they're like those are girls and i'm like yeah and then we'll melt your fucking face off (laughs) sometimes too when we like we walk into a venue as a band and like someone expects us to play pop just by looking at us and then we get up there and play and they're like it kind of it adds to the wow factor you know because if we walked in and we were just some metal dudes they'd be like oh it's just some metal dudes they're just gonna play some metal but it's kind of fun to experience the uh Oh shit! They can play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of satisfying. I kind yeah. of sort of like it a lot. <laughs> no, it, it it and I I think it's it's very very cool when when you get that uh, 
negative kind of look outlook you know they judge the book by the cover and then you get up on stage and then you yeah. get done with the first song and they're like what in the fuck just happened <laughs> yeah it's that's, that's very pretty, satisfying it's pretty accurate yeah you get a lot of people like assuming that we like all we do is sing each of us like mm -hmm. oh you must be the singer oh wait you must be wait <laughs> how can you all be singers <laughs> Dan, are you the dancers? <laughs> well, you don't want to yeah. see me try and dance. Yeah, you want to see me play. Bass. It's nice to 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 like have experienced those situations like lessen over the years, but it's like very satisfying when someone like does react that way, and then we can like show them up because like clearly they're kind of ignorant if they're saying this, so it kind of feels very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Like, like as women, we're Kick used to being like underestimated in this scene and we're just kind of used to it. And it's right. kind of just fun to see the turnaround, you know? Right. <laughs> I agree 100% on, on that. <laughs> uh, and, and I think it's a trend that just needs to continue yeah. and, and uh, you know, get the, get the younger, uh, the youth of, uh, of America, male, female, doesn't matter what color your skin is, get a guitar, get some drumsticks, get a yeah. bass in their hand and just, and just let them, let them run with it and, and, and learn their instrument. Be just be creative. That's the, that's the big thing right there is just be creative and be yourself. Yes. So with, um, with the band and it, it was, I was, I was reading through your bio on your website and a, a certain term just kind of, I'm weird, but it, it kind of hit me, kind of made me think for a second, mirror twins. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because usually you hear like fraternal twins or identical mm -hmm. twins, but mirror twins, I thought that's <laughs> really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Mirror twins is a form of identical that is like, uh, it's not as common as just regular identical twins. It's like a subset of identicals where the embryo splits and they're developed facing each other. So they end up with some opposite features, which is kind of interesting. Like uh, she was actually born left-handed and I was born right-handed, but she switched over to <laughs> imagine that like opposite look there. <laughs> But and other things, it's funny. I've always wanted long hair. She's always wanted short hair. Like, they like beauty marks on opposite sides of their bodies, yep. and like just a lot of crazy, fun opposite things. Yeah, there are mirror twins who are so mirrored that like even their organs are like yeah mirrored. It's Ours rare. are not, but like yeah. <laughs> that's like rare and kind of deadly because <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But yeah, um, yeah we we love being mirror twins. I mean, obviously. Be cool Tell if everyone had a mirror twin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, see, I learned something today. Yeah, there yeah. you go. It's a good day when you learn something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go ahead and hear uh, your first song, and this was your this was your debut single, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, and it's called "Paint the Mask." Yeah. Yes. All right. So tell me a little bit about "Paint the Mask" before we get into it. Yes. So Paint the Mask is basically a story of how you feel like you have to hide yourself under a mask that you design to appease everyone around you while inside you suffer. Mm, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> it, subjects like that, that I think really connect with such a wide 
variety of people because I think everyone that's probably 20 years or older right now has had to deal with something like that. Maybe even younger than that, 16, 15 years old. They mm-hmm. they yeah. felt like they had to be somebody else to fit in or, or uh, not be picked on or something like that. And uh, that's yeah. something that uh, continuously I think needs to be brought to the forefront and, mm-hmm. and music is a great way to do that. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's really bad. And especially with like, the whole social media construct, people are constantly like putting on a face for the public to see, and they might be really suffering on the inside and nobody even knows. And it sucks to not be your true self. So the song Towards the Bridge encourages you to be your true self and that there is no mask that could be more beautiful than your truth. So hopefully, I just hope that if people are suffering from this similar people-pleasing like detrimental people pleasing situation that they can hear this song and hopefully like, you know, pull themselves out of it and like relate, know that they're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and hear paint the mask and we'll be right back with Stormtress after this. Porcelain doll to perfection. Another stroke with every
All right, we are back, and the song speaks volumes. The and the just the the title of the song kind of kind of leads you down that road a little bit, you know, because whether we like it or not, we do wear masks almost on a daily basis. And, you know, when I go into work, I deal with the, I deal with the public. And I, if I'm having just the shittiest day, I still have to put that smile on my face and say, Hey, do you want to buy this RV? So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, no matter how crappy your day has been, you have to, you have to show up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't just, it's not just when you're dealing with the public, it could be dealing with family members or friends or, you know, people that you love, you love and trust. Sometimes we still feel like we need to put on some kind of mask. Yeah, well, that's who, that's who it's harder with. Yeah. So, yeah. Was there a personal experience that you could share that led to that? Or is it just kind of what you're seeing throughout society? It was kind of like a buildup of lifetime experiences came to an explosion. Go <laughs> 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 ahead. <laughs> like, on our whole lives, we've just been very we're very nice. We're very polite and we're uh, very self-sacrificial trying to like make everyone around us happy. And I feel like nice women suffer from this a lot because we're all like taught to be all nice and polite and, you know, do what everyone else wants. And uh, yeah, I mean, years and years of that. And suddenly it starts building up on you and you're like, why? I don't know who I am. And I feel like that came a lot with, uh, like having partners, you know, like being in relationships and just doing whatever they want all the time and not realizing that I even like have an opinion or a say or thoughts. And then I swore off relationships and suddenly I found myself like rebuilding my own identity. Like, I don't even know if I had ever built it in the first place. And it's like, wow, this is messed up. I feel like I'm painting a mask and wearing this mask all the time. And I think when that really hit a boiling point, which just happened in my own, you know, journaling and whatnot, discovering that this was my problem and that it is not good. (laughs) Yeah. Then I just exploded. The song just exploded out of me. And I was like, okay, there it is (laughs) on paper. It felt like, honestly, like writing the song was therapy for that situation which is nice (laughs) and you know i think that when when as when a song comes together under that that type of circumstance it truly is therapy Mm -hmm. Um, you know and and even if it doesn't follow a meter or doesn't have a melody or anything like that if you just get that stuff out of your system out of your mind and put it on paper you feel a thousand times better after you do it you know you're just able to to let it go yeah, it's just like journaling. It's like just getting your feelings out, just saying it somewhere, even if it's to nobody, to to a book that you hide in your drawer. It just feels good to like get it out. So to be able to sing it loud in front of a bunch of people is like incredibly healing. <laughs> and to have it, to see it help other people is yeah, like, that's love that. really the best. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I hear stories all the time where, a song was written, <clears throat> excuse me, the song was written with a certain theme in mind, but when somebody else heard it, they took it to a different place where a song maybe it was about suicide, 
but they heard it and they were fighting cancer and it gave them that little extra to, to just fight that cancer even harder, you know, and, and music is just such, can be such a healing thing. And, uh, just that's, I think that's why since I was probably five years old, first time my grandmother played George Jones in front of me, I just, it, I gravitated to it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's beautiful what music can do. Yeah, and everyone's own interpretations of it is like incredible. And I just, I love hearing other people's interpretations of like the same songs just to hear like, because everyone attaches their own life experiences to what they hear and it's really great. It's like customized therapy for you. It's incredible. Right on, right <laughs> on. Okay, so to, to ask a, a bit of a, irrelevant question i guess um and this is for all three of you if you could have a day to to learn from talk to hang out with any musician alive or dead who would it be <laughs> and if you can, and if you can't pick one you can give me multiples hmm well, it's, oh, it's hard not to, well, okay, there's a lot of good options. <laughs> um, I know one person that our band would be obsessed in uh, to see and talk to would be Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, because she's like our goddess. <laughs> right on. I, 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 and I get that. Yeah. Learn, like. I don't know, just like pick her brain about stuff, you know, because I feel like we have a similar writing vibe and it seems like she's been through similar stuff. So it'd be cool to hear like her take on life and the music industry and how she's done what she's done. Okay, okay. Or be different. Anyone else? Anyone else? Oh boy, well, uh, Jimmy Page, I know it's like a repeat from before, but I would love to talk with Jimmy Page. I'm sure he would have such good advice for just being a kick-ass musician and just, you know, band leadership and how to freaking, how to influence a, an entire generation and beyond, you know, those kind of light topics. <laughs> All right. What you got for me, Tia? I would have to go with who I said I was inspired by, too. Getty Lee. <laughs> I would be there asking him all the questions about like just Rush's career. And like, I highly value how weird they are and how like strange <laughs> and their stage shows are bananas. And I just love it. And I would love to hear just everything you have to say about that. Like what inspired them to put dryers on stage, <laughs> roast chickens on stage or make funny videos. Like I just, it's so cool. And then obviously bass stuff as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. At the yeah. end. <laughs> what you got for me, Maddie? Um, well, I'm having a hard time because, like, if I got to spend a day taking drum lessons from a musician, it would probably be the Rev. Um, but if I got to spend a day with any musician, like, not necessarily to learn more about the instrument, it would probably be Lemmy from Motorhead. Oh, just yeah. because, yeah. I don't know, I would just want to spend the whole day just, like, sitting around a fire pit with him, like with him telling me stories, you know, cause you know, he's got crazy stories. So. <laughs> Jack and Coke. Yeah. Just make sure you got Jack and Coke, some Marlboro yeah. Reds and you're ready to rock. Yeah. 
<laughs> love all. I love all of your 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 choices on that one. Um, I and and all of them have validity. It's not just a, a starstruck thing. It's let me let me learn from from you know the stories or let me learn my instrument or or something like that. Uh, and you know I think we all get a little bit starstruck. Uh, when it comes to our our musical heroes, uh, you know, I'd I'd love to sit with at a day with with Mike Portnoy just to oh, you, know, yeah. you know learn you know how in the fuck did you play as I am like that because I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> how does he do anything? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he has a third foot. <laughs> he's he's got something I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> So uh, with the when when the uh, the live music scene was still alive and vibrant and and I swear to God it's coming back. We just got to be positive about it. Um, what was the most memorable gig that y'all that y'all had? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> so there's kind of like we as as Stormstress we had our official debut show. And that was literally like two weeks before the whole world shut down. And that one was really kick-ass. Mm -hmm. But the three of us have also played a lot of shows together in the other band. And we were like in Europe and everything. Oh, so, shit. Okay. It's, it's hard to uh, not choose those European gigs. <laughs> now, now for, for a lot of the independent bands that I talked to on, uh, on the show, that's that's kind of a, a goal is to break out of their area, their region, you know, and of course hit other parts of the, of the States and maybe Canada. But, but how, how do you go about getting a European gig? Well, it's kind of about finding the right people, which obviously is tricky, but we started, Oh man, this goes kind of way back. <laughs> <laughs> We were like involved in this international contest like many years ago where, you know, everyone was voting for like the bands in their region and like bands in other countries and other regions would reach out to other bands in the contest in other regions and just like connect. And so we made some European band connections at that point. And then years later, we were like, hey, we really want to go on a European tour. Let's hit up some of these bands we know from Europe. So we hit up one of the bands we knew from Germany about like, hey, do you know any like bookers or promoters in the area that might want to take us on? And they sent us to a company over there who reached out to us and then it, it happened. Lo we and went behold, on tour. We ended up in Europe. And then wow. while we were on that tour, we connected with another guy, Ted, and uh, he is now working on our next European tour with Stormstress as soon as we can get back out there. And so, so it, it's, I mean, I hate to say it's who you know, but it's who you know. But, so you know, just know poke everyone. people and, and <laughs> ask questions and don't be afraid to reach out to people. But you never know, like, what connections other people have. Just ask. Yeah. yeah. But don't be, be, cool. don't be, be stupid cool about, about it. it. <laughs> well, yeah, and you're right. It's it's about the networking. And I think that's that's kind of something I've tried to incorporate with, with the show is, is if, you know, we listen about I, I interview a, a band and another band really likes what they hear music wise and personality wise things of that nature that hopefully they'll they'll meet up they'll they'll
contact each other and say, hey, we really fucking love what you're doing. Why don't you come over to the East Coast or whatever and and do our, you know, come to have some shows with us. So, uh, yeah, the networking, I agree, is is uh, it's paramount when it comes to really trying to get more gigs and, and get outside of your region uh, yeah. and 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 things like that. So uh, one thing I was I'm a bit of a gearhead when it comes to. Um, comes to to my drum kit when I had a drum kit, but when I had when I have a drum kit, I'm I'm very, you know, picky about what I have on there. Uh, are y'all the same way with your instruments and your rigs? Yes, <laughs> I have a really hard time because I love little like certain things from every brand. So I I'm trying to like pick just one brand to stick with for symbols, but I'm having such a hard time. So I have like. I have Peisty Hi Hats and I have a Sabian Crash and I have a Zildjian Crash and I have a China and I have a Peisty Ride and <laughs> what what's the what's the actual the kit what what brand is your kit DW and then okay. I have a Mapex snare drum and Tama pedals. Oh my god! Nope. <laughs> okay, well I, see I, see I'm a I'm a Tama guy. I, I always yeah. have been. I always will be. Yeah, I love the Iron Cobra pedals. And with my cymbals, uh, I used to be just straight Zildjian. Mm -hmm. And then I started playing with Minels. And Mm -hmm. I I fell in love with them. And then I found the perfect Sabian Crash. And when I mixed it with the the Minel Crash and the Sabian Crash, it was just like, holy shit, this is the most amazing crash sound I've ever heard. (laughs) It's really really complicated because I do want to try and make my drum set all the same. I mean, have like everything be DW on the drum set and then have everything be something on the cymbals to like make it easier to try and get endorsements. But I like, I can't decide which one I want. So, (laughs) you know, well, the the great thing is, is that, you know, you've got, you got band or brands like a Latin percussion and things like that. So you can have that little Latin percussion woodblock or cowbell or something. And, you know, uh, maybe, you know, you have your, have your iron cobras and then you can have uh, the Evans drum heads or the aquarians or whatever. And uh, I didn't play with anything but a heads forever. Okay, I have Reno. That you know, so that I, I I get you on that. I was a little bit of everywhere, especially with my first couple of kits. But yeah, I I read I read you loud and clear on that one. I yeah. we're on the same page. So with with your base with your base setup, are are there certain things that you have to have, or certain brands that you have to have? Well, I mostly just have to have five strings. <laughs> okay. Minimum of five strings, cause like, uh, just mm, four string, it just doesn't go low enough, and I get really sad when that happens. <laughs> I need that low B, you know. <laughs> so that's a usually, I obviously, obviously, I can play on a four string, no problem. But a five string just makes me happy. <laughs> and um, as far as like the amps and stuff go, I'm still trying to figure out my favorite. Um, I've kind of had a weird trend of exploding bass amps, so I haven't settled in on anything yet, but I'm going to try orange next, I think, and see how that goes, because yep, getting yep, yep, yep. So like could be a good matchup, you know? There you go. Um, you know, I have a carbon bass, which I love. I customized it when I was like 
15 or something I'm, I'm mine i obviously didn't make it myself but um <laughs> i love that guy and um our good friend dutch he got me he like custom ordered a five string rickenbacker for so me cool. and oh my god it's amazing so yeah ricky's carvins i love those good stuff <laughs> okay okay you said the two magic words when it comes to bass and being a drummer, I have to have much love and respect for 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 basses because drummers and basses have to be on the same page. Very. When you, you said carving, and I almost fell out of my seat. <laughs> really awesome. And then you said Rick, and I'm like, oh shit, she knows what she's talking about. I mean, you're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, Ricks and Carvins. Um, yeah, and then having one custom made. That's a, that's a Rick. Good God. I don't know how he did that, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the guitar setup. Yes. Okay. What do we got? What do we got going with the guitar? Basically, like I need high, high ass gain, obviously. I love it. <laughs> Reverb, a little bit of delay in there. And that's really all I need for my my like perfect little Tanya Venom sound. So right now I'm going through a Laney 120 Ironheart and I freaking love it. It's like a British amp and it's gnarly. It's heavy. It's got some serious gain in there. And I'm going through a Friedman cab right now, which is really awesome. I love it. Um, but when it comes to cabs, I'm pretty flexible. Like anyone who can like exert my high gain, we're, I'm into it. Um, for guitars, I have three PRSs. I have, uh, I keep one in drop C, one in standard and drop D, you know, alternating. And then I have one seven string that I adore. Um, for me, it's really important to have 24 frets on the guitar. I mean, I, I used to play in a Gibson Les Paul, which I loved also. But uh, the cool thing about PRS is they're much lighter, which is nice on my shoulder. I can do more like stage tricks. And I just like having access to those 24th fret is like be able to complete that octave there is really important to me because I totally <laughs> spend a lot of time up there. And uh, yeah, I guess that kind of sums it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm not as in tune with guitars as I am bass and drums. But you know, PRS. I mean, who? Does, if you're a guitarist, you know who what PRS is with the Paul Reed Smith. Yeah. Uh, Les Paul is just a classic guitar. Uh, you know, so uh, my son used to play guitar. It was Jacksons and the ESPs, and um, he had a uh, he had a I think he had a Gibson um, Firebird at one time. Ooh, he had right. the, he had the uh, Jackson Kelly, the the Randy Rhodes V, and all this other stuff. So, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's musically bipolar, much like his father. He, um, can you know? I I can go from uh, a Dale, uh, take a left turn at Daft Punk, go to um, Doll's Box, and then wind up listening to Strapping Young Lad, and then finally ending up at Demu Borgir. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then like that. it's good to like everything. 
Yeah, and then turn do do a U turn, and I'm listening to Adele. So yeah, sounds like a good trip. <laughs> yeah, most people are sitting there going, "Man, I can't listen to your playlist. It gives me a headache." <laughs> going from genre to genre, I'm like, "Well, that's that's me. I'm sorry." That's who, that's who you are. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, and, and speaking of that, do you think that being able to get outside of your sh- your chosen genre uh, is important to the songwriting process? Yeah, like listen, like so. listening to things outside of hard <laughs> rock and metal. Yeah, I kind of feel like like we're similar. We're all, all of us. We all also listen to a lot of like out there stuff, you know, we'll be listening to like, uh, man, it's just, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So like listening to all different kinds of genres and taking little bits of, of each thing can honestly create like the perfect sound or like a brand new sound. So like take little pieces from each genre, each band that you listen to and create your sound out of it and it becomes a whole new thing. And I think it's great because like there's things about different genres that I love and things that I don't love. And you can like create your own perfect, beautiful genre by adding all these things together and mixing them in a pot and then poof, out comes something else. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Um, where's home? Where where's what's home base for Stormstress? Stormstress, Boston. yeah, as a band is Boston. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> What about uh, you? Where are you based? Uh, Houston, Texas. Nice. If you couldn't tell from this crazy ass accent. <laughs> so is it not 28 degrees down there? No, it's not. Actually, it was in the uh, upper 60s today and raining. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I, I didn't. I didn't hear the uh, the Boston the typical Boston accent. Yeah, none of us originate <laughs> from here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am a straight up Texan. And uh, when I was in the military, I was stationed in Montana. And you want to talk about cold. <laughs> but uh, I would have people come up and say, where are you from? And I'll just look at them and go, where do you think I'm from? <laughs> oh, you're from Alabama or Mississippi. And I'm like, oh, I'm fixing to punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm from Texas. And I... I, I bleed Texas Lone Stars, and you know, I, I mean, I have the Alamo tattooed on my arm. So yeah, I'm one of these crazy Texans. You're a Texan through and through. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I am. Uh, it, it to to the point where my my coffee cup says uh, "Come and take it." So yeah. <laughs> so uh, with with being based in Boston and going back to pre uh pre covid conditions what was the music scene like there well the music scene in boston everyone it's kind of small but everyone knows each other and supports each other which is cool and um i know right now since all the venues are struggling people have been doing a lot to help the venues stay afloat i guess our governor recently passed a bill where they're gonna like rescue a lot of these venues, which Yay. is cool. But, that's so good. Yeah, it's cool. Like I think once is coming back and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, we did, a, we did a virtual show. Um, was that in October? 
Thanks we had a virtual show in October, I believe, to uh, support one of the venues. Um, and a bunch of, I think, local bands. Um, oh, yeah, the, the, the company that was doing it was doing this all over the U.S. And every state that they went to, they would pick a venue. So for Massachusetts, it was um, once. And a bunch of local bands got together and played virtual shows to raise money for once, which is really cool. It's just cool how, like, the whole... Boston music community supports each other, like in the bands and also the venues. Mm-hmm. Are, are there a, is there a wide variety of musical styles that in in the Boston scene? It's interesting um, when you go more north, uh, like the northern area. There's a lot more rock and metal in like local Boston, like straight up. There's a lot of um, punk rock and kind of garage rock. Mm-hmm. Kind of just like, just like raw, you know, like just kind of like Boston, like people in Boston, it's just like raw and like energetic <laughs> and crazy. And then in the north, it's a lot heavier. Um, so we play a lot up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but they you can find anything everywhere. There's country, there's like indie, indie tons of indie, yeah, um, blues. Mm-hmm. You can find it all. Yeah, <laughs> but like, well, here in Houston, it's uh, it's more of a, a hip hop haven. Hip hop is huge Ooh. in the city of Houston, but there's that that groundswell of of rock and metal. There's so many great metal bands here in Houston too. Uh, but uh, you know, you go to somewhere like Austin, and if you're rock and metal, or if you're a harder rock in 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 the metal, you're kind of shunned. A little bit you're kind of pushed to the side if you're not blues like straight blues influenced zz top or uh something along those lines you're 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 kind of pushed to the side mm-hmm. and uh, i'm just like you know hey we're all it doesn't matter what genre we play hip-hop metal blues jazz pop whatever we're all in this this whole music family together we need to just support one another. And uh, I yeah. guess from, from what I'm getting from, from what uh, you're saying is that the Boston music community, no matter the genre, really do support each other. It's true, yeah. People from all different genres, musicians from all over just support each other. They go to their shows. Like it is a smaller, it's a smaller city. It's a smaller scene, but it kind of creates more of a family vibe. So that might be be something to do with it but we feel very lucky to be raised in this area musically outstanding and and i love it when 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 a city and and a and a scene comes together like you said uh trying to support the local live music venue uh businesses you know everybody's hurting especially uh Mm -hmm. you know here in houston uh they're trying like the texas music commission here is trying to make houston a uh, music-friendly city, and I'm like, why is it not our? It's the largest city in Houston. Why is it not a music-friendly city in already? Uh, Abilene is, and there's 150,000 people in it. Really? Come on. That's so weird. Really? It is weird. Well, you know, sometimes our politicians are a little backwards, but that's okay. That's okay. That's all right. Okay. Um, right. So uh, you recently released your latest single. Mm-hmm. Uh, called "You Can't Hurt Me Now," and in full disclosure, that was the first song I had ever heard from Stormstress. 
and ah. that was that was the song that I went damn to. And, <laughs> <Good one. laughs> and uh, it's 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 something that it's it is heavy. There's there's some uh, there's some really heavy parts to it that that's uh, automatically going to appeal to me. But the one thing that really stuck out with me with that song was the vocal harmonies that you incorporated into it. And anybody that knows me knows that my all-time favorite band is King's X and vocal harmonies will just suck me right in. I have to say job well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. (laughs) We had a lot of fun with those backing vocals. Well, you know, I I, I have a soft spot for uh, three-piece bands, King's X, uh, you know, ZZ Top, uh, Grand Funk, you know, those, because I think that it's, it's just really um, Rush. Yeah, um, I saw that. Uh, But you, you, there there seems to be, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but there just seems to be this. We we got to be sound bigger than than three pieces, and that's mm-hmm. something that I think that Stormstress has really mastered is sounding bigger than three pieces. Wow, thank you. you. That means a lot to but us. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, everyone in this band has at least two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, everything sounded sounded crisp it, it when it when it needed when it needs to get dirty it can and then you come in with those vocal harmonies and i, I i'm sitting here listening to it and i went fuck <laughs> and, <laughs> another one damn it you know and and um you know and it just it it puts a smile on my face it makes me feel good it makes me want to go out and say you know, get on top of the Transco Tower in downtown Houston and go fucking listen to Stormstress, you know, and oh my god, please <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 just yell to the to the heavens and uh I I can't sing your praises enough when it comes to especially that song. That being the first song I heard, it just it stuck in my head. It's it's catchy, but it doesn't give up any 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 power with the catchiness. Uh, how do you go about doing that? Because I, when it comes to songwriting, I suck. And, but, but how, how do you, is it something that just happens or is it something that you kind of focus on? Well, actually, as you were saying that, like right before you said that I was, okay, you saying that made me very happy because that is a big goal of ours in Stormstress in the songwriting process. And I, I think about this a lot when I hear the album, Painkiller by Judas Priest. Yes. But, yeah. Good shit, right? Yeah. So it's like they have immense riffs and everyone's going hard, yet, like, yet it's still catchy as hell. Like it can be catchy and hooky and melodic and not lose an ounce of heaviness and riffiness and badassery. So, like, we try and combine all that. So, Sometimes I'll write a song starting on the acoustic. I'll be like, all right, here are the chords and the lyrics and the melody. And they'll be like, all right, let's stick some riffs in there and like dress it up, spice it up a notch. Or like chop some sections in half, you know? Yeah. Just like, go in and if, if any one of us is like, 
Yeah, like, <laughs> either one of us could be like, that's not catchy enough. What if we did this? Or like, hey, if we did this, it would be like a smoother transition. Like, we all have the same goals in mind with songwriting, which really help. Yeah. No and one's like suggesting things from left field that <laughs> nobody cares about. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's also this flow that we try and achieve, like, okay like riff hard then when the lyrics come in maybe like back off a little bit like keep the groove going but like leave space for the melody and the vocals and then kick back in 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 uh like transitional sections and then bridge hammer it down transitions solo like riff section and then oh the vocals are back here leave some space open it up it's like kind of this weird little marriage between hookiness and melodies and kick-ass riffs coming together to make the beautiful Stormstress baby. <laughs> I, I like the way you put that. It's very nice. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, uh, especially, I think once uh, hair metal kind of died, you know, uh, <laughs> early 90s and, and Nirvana came in and, and things of that nature, and that, that kind of went away. And there was still that that underlying, you know, we can be poppy or we can have like pop hooks, but still be heavy and things of that nature. And then you had uh, you had your your guys like in Metallica and Megadeth and, and they just kind of looked at that that pop hair metal, glam metal, whatever you want to call it as. OK, that's, you know, um, it's it's trash. And I'm like really did you not listen to your own song on your second album <laughs> called escape that is a poppy song if i ever heard one you know and and it, because the hook is a pop hook and mm -hmm. i'm like you better backtrack on all that stupid shit you said <laughs> in the 80s because look at you now all i gotta say is load and reload that's it. <laughs> it's so true. And it's like, it's like, it's not even like, oh, let's let's make it hooky so it like sells or whatever. But it's like, I want to love this so much. I want to love it. I want to love it. And like when you have a hook, I mean, you freaking love it. You can't not love it. And I'm like, so if if I'm like writing a song and I'm writing a chorus and I'm like, I don't totally, I'm not obsessed with it yet. I'll keep working until it like satisfies all these like feelings in me and i'm like okay that's good like that no one satisfies those feelings you play it better too and exactly. then it a better vibe and yeah well i think everybody's had this happen to them a song that you absolutely hate by a band or group that you absolutely hate gets stuck in your head and you sit there and go why is this stuck in my head because the the hook is great yeah. It's so true. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I was standing in Walmart the other day and I just happened to look down at one of those, uh, those buy drinks and NSYNC started going off in my head and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, when I get in the car, we're putting some Megadeth in. So <laughs> I, I, I've got to get this shit out of my head. But yeah, uh, and, you know, like, people love to sing and singing is very fun and singing a melody that is fun to sing is so damn satisfying. Mm -hmm. And so like, if we're having fun singing it and playing it, then we know it's going to like, well, you know, everyone's 
ideas are different. But if we're having fun, then it's translated and hopefully they can feel the fun too and have as much fun singing along with us as we do singing to them. <laughs> All right. Okay. One, one last question, uh, just kind of generalized and then we'll, we'll go back to, uh, the, the latest single. If, uh, if you were to describe the, the stage show, what, what a fan could expect from a Stormstress show, what would you tell them? It's energetic. I would say the unexpected. <laughs> Bombastic. There you go. Okay. And all three of those answers are what a live music show should be. Mm-hmm. It should be an experience. It should be each. If, 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 if somebody sees Stormstress 15 times in a row, chances are they're going to see something a little bit different each time. Because mm-hmm. each show is going to have its own ebbs and flows and things, but uh, if getting up there and just standing in one place, playing your instrument, and the drummer looks like, "Oh my, okay, uh, did I forget to turn my iron off?" <laughs> it, 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 the, the fans oh, are going sitting there, going, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, we put on a show. We put on a show. Like you know, you can listen to our music all the time on CDs or Spotify or whatever. But like when you're there to see us, we're gonna do something cool. Like we want it to be crazy. We just have so much fun being weird on stage. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with fucking weird. Yeah. Weird, weird is being unique, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, you can't hurt me now. What was the uh, what was the inspiration for this song? So the inspiration behind this song was. Uh, I was in a bad relationship, broke up with the guy. And uh, I want to say like months later, he was like messaging me and messaging me, blah, blah, blah. And I was suffering, like replying to him and all this feeling like, oh man, we're fighting all over again. Like why? One day I realized, you know what? I don't have to engage. I don't have to reply to this anymore. He can't hurt me now. And that like inspired the whole song. I was like, oh man, like just having the strength within you to like push away the people who are causing you pain and suffering. Um, you're invincible. So I think just, I think just realizing that, that all men and I, and I put myself in this category, all men are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Every last one of us are assholes. Okay. Some men just know how to control their asshole. <laughs> Some men don't. <laughs> if, if I'm saying that in public, I will, instead of saying asshole, I'll say dog. Some men can control their dog. Some men cannot. <laughs> you know, so, so, but yeah, all, all men are capable of being complete, insecure fucking assholes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you feel free to agree because you know it's true. <laughs> Just like so, so I, I take it uh, as with the previous song. This song was very, very much like therapy for you. Yes, like in writing it made me realize that I'm free of this crap. You know, like and. And even stemming from that one situation, it like applies to so many things that came up in my life later. It's just like, oh, 
here's a barrier for you. I don't need this. I don't need you. And to like, honestly, like shut the door on people who are not, um, you know, adding to your life yes. in a positive way. Yes. People who do not deserve to be in your, in your circle, shut that door, lock them out and never look back. And so I hope that this song in, empowers people to do that to toxic people in their life and grow. Outstanding. It's very therapeutic to play the song too. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Angry. <laughs> well, in in every band that I've been in, you know, whether it was a cover band or we were doing original music, when you connect with a song and you get to play it, whether it's you know like uh, Red House from Jimi Hendrix or uh, Barracuda from Heart or something like that, uh, you just you know. You play it with a little more gusto, and you hit the cymbals harder, and your singer turns around and says, "Now, thanks, I'm fucking deaf." You know, I'm like, well, sing the shit right then, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and it's like so satisfying to just yeah. like yell, "You can't hurt me now!" over and over again with this rage in your heart. Like, <laughs> get out. It's very, very, very. Yeah. Very satisfying and just fulfilling when you can do something like that. Yeah, and you just like yeah, hit your instrument, just riff hard and just put all your rage into the music and release it. <laughs> and it's healthy. It's a healthy way to get rid of the rage. Yeah, it really is. So uh, before we hear You Can't Hurt Me Now, uh, I'm going to just uh, turn the the floor over to the three of you. And if there's anything you'd like to say, um, definitely promote your your social media, uh, anything like that. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us, everyone, and listen to this interview. And uh, we are available on all the social medias. We got we got Facebook. You can find us Facebook. We are Stormstress at Stormstress Band. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok now. We now have a TikTok. Um, what else do we have? YouTube. YouTube. Right. <laughs> and you can also find our music on Spotify. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We are all over the place. Just just find Stormstress Band wherever you go. <laughs> we'll be happy to see you. So uh with with that said, what's been the uh, the fan reaction uh, after, and, and we kind of touched on that with with the uh, with the assholes. Um, but overall, what's been the what's been the reception of the band? Good, great, yeah, it seems really like a good. pretty big variety. Younger people, older people, guys, girls, just kind of seems like a, a good general selection of people. And people seem to dig it. Our yeah. debut show was like very well attended and the people went nuts. So that was really cool. And every time we had a song, people, yeah. people seem to be into it. So yeah, I don't know. So far so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, for the three of you, I hope it continues. I hope that we're able to get back to going to live shows and that the first chance that Stormstress gets to get on a stage, you blow the fucking roof off of whatever venue you're in. 
Oh, Scott yeah. Pilgrim styled. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's going to happen. You can't hold back much longer. <laughs> and um, and it, it just continues to grow. And whatever the goals are, whether it's to to be, you know, uh, get on a major label, be a national touring act, be a world touring act. I think that the three <laughs> of you have the, uh, and I saw all three of you bobbing your head, nodding yes, yes, that's going to happen. Uh, and, and I love that attitude. That's the attitude you've got to have. But uh, I think that really, uh, and it's kind of cliche, but the sky's the limit for the three of you at, collectively as a band because it's, it's not often that I, I'll hear a band and I just immediately turn my head and go, wow. This is this shit's really good. This is this, you know, this has some legs to it. It's it's got guts. It's got balls. It's it's gutsy. Let's let's run with this shit. So congratulations on all the success you've re- achieved so far. And, and I know it's just going to continue to grow as as the months and the years pass. Thank wow. you. So much. That means a lot. Thank you. Really. Thanks for this whole interview. And. So yeah, thank you for well, it like I said, as soon as as soon as it was set up, and I know you, we had to kind of move the times around in a little bit, and I appreciate your patience with me on that. No but um, you know, it it's it's been uh, it's far exceeded my expectations, which were already very fucking high. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all three of you were uh, were very personable, and and I, I just enjoyed talking with you. Likewise, and and just a, a little little caveat here, uh, you are now officially members of the TMOLR family, so mm-hmm. you're stuck with me no matter <laughs> what, whether you like it or not. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Feels good. All right, so um, I'm gonna let y'all introduce the the last song we're gonna hear, which is "You Can't Hurt Me Now," and. Uh, We'll, we'll close out the show with this massive fucking song. Thank you. Yes, we hope you enjoy. You can't hurt me now. Rock it.